0: Welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Our opening music is a song from children at an elementary school in Kangaroa. This program was researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 620 for release on Sunday, the 10th of January, 2021. On Wavescan today, and other mass stranding of whales at a South Pacific island. The radio scene on the island called Chatham. Aaron Castillo will continue his conversation with Ray Robinson of The Voice of Hope. And we'll have our Philippine DX report as well. Well, we return to the elementary school at Kangaroa in the Chatham Islands as they present the Irish melody, Danny Boy. On several occasions, a mass stranding of whales has occurred at Chatham Island in the lonely South Pacific. Chatham Island is the largest island in the cluster of a dozen islands that are identified with the same name, Chatham Islands, and they're located 500 miles east of New Zealand. Here's Ray Robinson with the radio scene on the island called Chatham.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Just two islands in the Chatham Archipelago are inhabited Chatham Island itself and nearby Pitt Island, with a combined population of just 600. The other islands and islets have been set aside as nature reserves or are in use for limited farming. These Chathams in the Pacific are not to be confused with the well known Chatham in Kent, England, nor the Chatham in Massachusetts in the United States, nor the Chatham in Ontario, Canada. These Pacific Chathams were first occupied 500 years ago by Maoris from the North Island of New Zealand. After years of infighting, they settled down and lived peaceful lives, and they subsequently became known as the Moriori people. More than 300 years later, in 1835, another contingent of Maoris from the North Island of New Zealand traversed the ocean to Chatham Islands on a hijacked ship. Even though both tribes were of Polynesian descent, similar to the original Hawaiian people, and originally spoke the same language, the newly arrived Maoris slaughtered the resident Morioris mercilessly, and celebrated by cooking and eating many of their victims. Those Morioris who survived were taken into slavery. The first European contact with the island had come in 1791, when Captain William R. Broughton, with the HMS Vancouver Expedition, landed and claimed the island cluster for England. He named the islands Chatham in honour of the First Lord of the Admiralty, Lord John Pitt, who was also the Second Earl of Chatham. In 1842, the islands were taken over by New Zealand. The Chatham version of the Arke Ake tree grows bent over because of the strong westerly winds, and Weka birds, both male and female, give a cooey call each morning and evening as a duet. The main town on Chatham is Waitangi, with around 200 residents. Indeed, according to the 2018 census, the population of the entire island cluster is just 663 persons. The islanders fly their own flag, though it's still unofficial. New Zealand television reports that, thus far, there has been no case of the Covid-19 virus on the Chathams. The largest stranding of whales in the known history of the world took place in 1918, when 1,000 whales were stranded at Long Beach, Petrie Bay, on the western side of Chatham Island. The main community at Waitangi is at the southern end of Long Beach, and the dead whales posed a lengthy health hazard for the local residents. In 1981, local history informs us that a dozen killer whales were stranded at Radio Station Beach, near the central west coast of the island. Their first wireless station, VLC, later called ZLC, was installed a little inland from the rocky cliff area and the remains of the original building can still be seen on Google Earth. A more recent whale stranding took place just two months ago on November the 24th 2020 when 120 pilot whales were stranded at a northern beach on Chatham Island. Commercial photographer Sam Wilde filmed this unfortunate event that occurred at isolated Myrangi Beach, where 30 or 40 of the whales refloated themselves, though most of them remained stranded and died. The Kangaroa Elementary School, whose music you heard a short while ago, is located near the end of the beach where this recent whale stranding took place. The original Morse code wireless station on Chatham Island was taken into communication service on September the eighteenth, nineteen thirteen. Their initial equipment included a one and a half kilowatt AWA transmitter from Australia, a power generator, and two tubular steel pipes as antenna supports, which stood hundred and fifty feet tall and three hundred feet apart. The antenna itself was a center-fed multi-wire T type. In the early days a strong light was attached to the top of one of the antenna masts, and for nighttime approach by shipping this served as the light of a lighthouse. Due to international wireless regulations, the last day of operation for Chatham Wireless under the original sign VLC was december thirty first, nineteen twenty eight. The next day, New Year's Day nineteen twenty nine, the new call sign ZLC was implemented. Soon after the end of World War II in the Pacific, Chatham Radio ZLC was rebuilt with new equipment at a nearby and more easily accessible location. Four low-power transmitters were installed, and housing for station staff was also erected on this wireless station property. During the early 1960s, station ZLC with 50 watts on 2196 kHz introduced a daily bulletin of local news and information that included weather reports and shipping and airplane movements. And due to the type of transmission equipment in use, the local citizens were able to hear these news bulletins because they broke through into the standard medium wave band. For three consecutive years, these broadcasts were even listed in the World Radio and TV Handbook from 1960 to 1962 as a broadcast service. However, these Chatham broadcasts were quite similar to the local messages and items of communication information that were broadcast by the condominium teleradio network in Vanuatu in an earlier era. It was not the broadcast of regular radio programming. In 1983, new SSB radio equipment was installed for communication with local units and with headquarters in New Zealand. And then on August the 13th 1991, shortwave communication station ZLC came to an end. The station was closed and local fishermen mourned the loss of this important radio service. <laughs> we plan to have more about the radio scene in the Chatham Islands in a few weeks' time. Back to you, Jeff.
0: Thanks very much to uh, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles for that look at radio in the Chatham Islands. Well, last week on Wavescan, we presented the first part of an interview with uh, Ray Robinson. He was interviewed recently on the program Electronic Echoes, produced and presented by Aaron Castillo on kpcradio.com at Pierce College in Los Angeles. Last week, Ray explained that his station, Voice of Hope Africa in Zambia, which also broadcasts Wavescan, is an important source of information for people in rural areas who may not be able to hear any AM or FM radio stations.
1: You know, yeah, they they do have 3G network, um, cellular network, it does penetrate, and people, some of them do have smartphones. But practically nobody is listening to streaming audio on smartphones because they can't afford the data plans, and and you know it just doesn't it doesn't compute. It's just mm-hmm. not something that's that they would even think of doing because they just can't afford that in their budgets. So uh, in the Middle East, we use streaming a lot. We have an AM station there. Um, But for Latin America, and uh, there's large parts of Latin America where you can only reach by shortwave, and in Africa, we cover all of the English-speaking countries in Africa, shortwave is still very important. And, you know, we're not necessarily wedded to shortwave, but right now, that's the tool that's still working for us. And it's how we can reach an audience, a population.
2: So the mission of your station is to fill in that informational gap people who live in places where you can't get anything else they can listen to you and get what's going on
1: yeah we're, we're a christian station oh, okay so you know our, our primary purpose is to uh, spread the love of the lord jesus christ to uh, explain the gospel to people who have never heard it before and to support and encourage christians but that's not all we do. We, we have long-form programming. Um, we're typically on the air. For instance, uh, in Africa, we usually go on the air in the afternoons at about 4 p.m. Central African time, and we run through midnight. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of music programming um, interspersed with some shorter teaching segments. Uh, we do carry news, and we try to keep people informed. So it's an alternative form of Programming—it's a a, another station people can listen to besides the official government station. But of course, we reach across borders. There's no censorship, Mm -hmm. and we um, can—we have an antenna down there that's beamed to West Africa, and and that's often heard in North America sometimes as well. Heard often in Europe, Uh, and we have an omnidirectional antenna. It's very interesting. It kind of works like uh, if you can picture an umbrella. It throws the signal directly up in the air, and it hits the ionosphere oh, and comes back down like an umbrella. Yes. yes. And from that one antenna in just outside of Lusaka, we reach pretty much all of, if you can picture the continent of Africa, the southern part of Africa, You know, which covers yeah. perhaps from Kenya in the north down to Cape Town in the south, and the full width of that continent – plus the island of Madagascar out in the Indian Ocean. All of that is within the range of the omnidirectional antenna. You know, your audience uh, knows something about shortwave radio. We use 31 meters during the daytime, and uh, we use a 60 meter tropical band during the hours of darkness, uh, night time, to reach the the areas, the regions immediately around uh, Zambia where we're based. And to West Africa, we use uh, 25 and 31 meters during the daytime and 49 meters at night, so 6 megahertz band. It, yeah. it works very well. It's it's surprising how good, how strong, how robust shortwave broadcasting still is in some of these areas.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and how do you
2: select what goes on the air? Like, how do you say that this this program goes – between two and the morning like 2 p.m. to 4 p.m and then like how do you schedule out the, the transmissions to people to make sure they're getting the right
1: stuff? Well that's a fun part of my job. <laughs> I'm kind of like a program director if you like uh,
2: yes. for
1: both the station here uh, that broadcasts to Latin America and the one in Africa. We have an in-country manager for the station in the Middle East. Uh, the station there is actually based in the far north of Israel. Oh, nice. uh, and that broadcasts to Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, uh, Israel, of course, and Cyprus is where that can be picked up. Um, so that's managed locally. But uh, I work with the in-country staff. Um, we we use WhatsApp a lot. We communicate backwards and forwards with that all the time. Um, and, you know, we, we look at which presenters are available to cover which hours. And um, so we have one presenter running a three hour shift maybe, um, but we slot in a 15 minute teaching program here or maybe a 25 minute teaching program later, that, that kind of thing. And some short segments as well. And um, be sure that everything is is covered. So Working with the presenters, arranging for cover if someone's needing to take a day off or something, you know, it's always uh, an interesting challenge. uh, They keep me on my toes. And um, we have a, although we're broadcasting to Latin America from from Chatsworth Peak, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and I kind of have oversight of that, I don't actually speak Spanish, (laughs) which is a challenge. So we, we have a guy, Lorenzo Martinez, who uh, is my right-hand man. He's one of the main presenters on the station too, but he also oversees programming and helps us keep things organized uh, on that station.
2: And how effective are your transmissions going out to people? Uh, how many QSL cards are you getting every week?
1: I I guess I probably see on an average week maybe – Twenty to thirty verificate or, or reports of reception. Yeah, verification QSL cards, about twenty to thirty a week. And
2: uh, how do you see the future of your station?
1: Your listeners can't see this, but you can. This ah, is the QSL yes. card for our station in Africa. Um, and here is is a QSL card that we use for the uh, local station here broadcasting to. Latin America. So I've just shown Aaron there two of the example QSL cards that we use. And uh, again, uh, part of my job is making sure that we maintain good communications, good relationship with uh, shortwave listeners as well. We do value their reports to us and um, that they often give us good information that our engineers can use to tweak and fine tune our transmissions. So we appreciate that very much.
2: And where do you see the future of shortwave radio in itself?
1: Um, Well, there's been a long debate, um, probably for 15, 20 years now, over digital transmissions in shortwave. And the main uh, protocol for that is Digital Radio Mondial, DRM. Uh, We as a broadcaster would love to be able to switch to DRM broadcasting on shortwave. Um, Shortwave has tremendous coverage capabilities, and DRM enables you to put a studio-quality FM stereo equivalent signal over three, four, five thousand 5,000 miles. And it, it's just a fabulous technology. I've heard the results myself. But the problem has always been lack of receivers. And until they're generally available, it, it's always going to be that problem. There's been good news in the last uh, two three years because India has adopted DRM in a huge way. Pakistan has recently That's come it. out saying that they're implementing DRM. Brazil is going with DRM. Um, even in South Africa, they, they do have DAB already, but now they're using DRM as well, or they're, they're going down a parallel path. So I think the receivers will come. It's just taking an awful long time, so... Yeah. For the future of shortwave, it's still a technology which has the ability to put a radio signal over many thousands of miles. It crosses political borders. It can't be controlled by governments. Mm -hmm. It can't be shut down in the same way, perhaps, as, say, the Chinese or the North Koreans can shut down the Internet or the Iranians. Or, you know, I mean, there are governments out there that don't want people to have free access to information. And shortwave is always the tool that people turn to when times get difficult like that. It's why the BBC still broadcasts and the Voice of America still broadcasts on shortwave to parts of the third world where information is really restricted. It, It just makes sense. So I don't see it going away anytime soon. The Internet is a great tool, too, and we certainly will be using that as well. But it doesn't replace shortwave.
0: That was Ray Robinson of the Voice of Hope Radio Network and, of course, co-host here on Wavescan, speaking with Aaron Castillo, host of the program Electronic Echoes on kpcradio.com at Pierce College in Los Angeles. This is the Voice of Hope,
3: KVoh. Rancho Simi, Los Angeles, the United States of America, broadcasting on frequency 9975 kilohertz in the 31 meter band. And it's the big broadcast station of the Lord God Almighty. That's the Holy Spirit. He can speak to everybody at once and anybody he wants to. If
0: they're listening, yes.
3: It sounds unique, but when you you start talking about it, someone goes, you know, God told me that too in prayer this morning. (laughs) And so that's the beautiful broadcast system we have here. Mm. Well, you know, Heather and I um, have been uh, giving leadership to Strategic Communications Group, which is the Voice of Hope World Radio Network. And... uh, You know, uh, you can learn more about us by going to voiceofhope.com. That's voiceofhope.com. Dot com. You can listen to any of our stations uh, by hitting the listen live button. You can hear it through the Internet. And, of course, it'll uh, give you some broadcast schedules there as well. Ray Robinson, our vice president, has uh, put those uh, together for us, and they look great. They're wonderful color charts of our broadcast schedules for all of our stations. And Ray's put a lot of work into that, and we appreciate him for that. And, and uh, he does all of our, our program scheduling. So I preempted a program he had scheduled for tonight, but I'm glad we did because uh, I I believe this message of hope is for you. And if you're listening, let me know that you heard the broadcast. Write to me uh, by email, studio at voiceofhope.com. That's studio at voiceofhope.com.
4: Happy New Year, everyone! To our dear shortwave listeners, wherever you are, welcome to the January tenth edition of the Philippine DX this is Report number one hundred sixty-six. I am Henry Umada in Bacolod City, Negros Occidental, Central Philippines. Glad to be back, and thank you for listening. I would like to thank our DXer friends for sending their reception report most recently, Mister Dimitri Misen in Kazan, Russia, Mister. Kostyantin Prabotorov in Sepuridia, Ukraine, and Mr. Takuji Sahara in Tokyo, Japan. To all of you, thank you very much. Reception logs for December 2020. December 4, China Radio International on 7410 in Filipino from Chinua, Sijang Province at 1043 SAO 454. December 4, KBS World Radio. On 9770 in Vietnamese from Jim J at 0837 SIO 444. December 11, Radio Taiwan International on 11915 in Indonesian from Tainan at 1234 SIO 555. December 11, China Radio International 5910 in Filipino from Beijing at 1150. SIO 555. 5. December 12, Atlantic World Ratio on 17540 in Filipino from Guam at 1045. SIO 555. 5. December 13, BBC World Service on 9580 in English from Singapore at 1144. SIO 444. 4. December 15, BBC World Service on 11825 in English from Singapore. At twelve twenty-seven, SIO four 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 December fifteen, China Radio International eleven nine five five in Filipino from Kunming At eleven fifty-two, SIO five 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 December sixteen, Radio Pilipinas Overseas Service on nine four seven zero in Filipino from tinang. At zero two thirty, SIO four three four, and December seventeen. Hi, Rachel Taiwan International and 15, 3 to zero in English from Tainan at 0336 SAO 434 Send us your comments, suggestions, reception logs, and informations to DX at shiaho.com That's p i l i p i n e s d x for DX at shiaho.com This has been Henry Waday for Wavescan in Bacolod City, Negros Occidental Central, Philippines sa buhay at maraming salamat po.
0: Finally, I just want to mention a couple of reception reports we've received recently from Germany. Eckhard Rocher writes to us from Dessau-Roslau in saxony anhalt Germany, and he heard Wavescan at 1200 UTC on 9510 kHz relayed from the Italian radio relay service. He says, I was able to listen to your special Christmas program of Wavescan on 9510 kHz via IRRS. The signal was good. I used my portable Satellite 700 by Grundig with a telescopic antenna, and I observed some fading. But it wasn't a problem for the listening to your nice program. The music was very nice, but to be honest, I only knew some of the records you played. Of course, it was interesting to listen to Christmas songs from countries like China or South Africa. I wish you a lot of positive feedback for your efforts to prepare such a program. I'm sure it isn't done in 30 minutes. (laughs) Well, uh, no, it isn't. But uh, most of the work on that, I uh, must say, was done by Adrian Peterson and uh, Ray Robinson. Uh, uh, Eckhard says, I wish you all a happy and healthy New Year 2021. Hope it will be a better one for all of us. Thank you very much. Eckhard Rocher in uh, Saxon anhalt in Germany. And another one from Germany, Gerald Pullman, in Berlin, says he heard uh, uh, Adventist World Radio's wave scan via the IRRS transmitting station, Uh, and he says that it was at 1100 UTC on 9510 kHz, with good reception quality of Sinpo 45444. His receiver was, he says, a small Texan PL660, with the telescopic antenna. Well, thank you very much. Gerald Pullman in Berlin, Germany. Our closing music today is inspired by the Lakota Nation of Indians based in South Dakota and surrounding states in the United States. And it's sung in the Lakota language, a song called Wan Katakia. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio, researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson. Next week, what else do we know about Radio Nepal, their venture into the Guinness Book of World Records? And we'll have our Bangladesh DX report, among other things, next week on Wavescan. Several QSL cards are available for this program. Send your AWR and KSDA reports for Wavescan to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand, and also to the station your radio is tuned to. WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa or to IRRS Italy, or to the AWR relay stations that wave scan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air. Here in the program, they will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. Here's the email address for AWR QSLs. It's QSL at AWR O-R-G. The postal address for AWRQSLs is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P R A K A N O N G, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. Again, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. And the email address for other correspondence to Wavescan is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida, USA. Till next week, good listening, everyone.